a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode in which I'm joined by a lady from Switzerland, a dating and relationship coach and executive matchmaker. That introduction, listeners, should tell you it is the one and only Kelly Brandley. Kelly, very warm welcome to you. Thanks so much, Paul. What a lovely welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> and um, okay, so um, previously, uh, Kelly, one of the th- well, one of the many things that we've done, uh, we started the ball rolling on the the ten disciplines of love. Uh, we did the first one around the discipline of unconditional love and compassion, the second one around the discipline of positive intent, and here we are to discuss the discipline of giving freedom. So. Um, think on that basis, it's over to you. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think this is one of the disciplines for me that has such a dramatic effect on how a couple relate to each other because giving freedom versus taking freedom shifts a dynamic from being more uh, negative energy. So pushing your partner away, saying, I need freedom, I'm going to take my freedom and my independence to being positive and saying, this is a safe space for us. I'm giving you freedom. I'm reconfirming my trust in you and you have space to grow and develop and do the things that you want to do. So there's three sort of subheadings under the discipline of giving freedom. Um, One is learning to forgive. And that's because whatever we think happens in a relationship, never actually really happens the way it happens in our mind. We create a story. And we'll talk about that in a bit more detail. Then it's learning to forget, um, which can be very challenging for some people. And then finally, a concept called flooding, which is really about learning to fill your, your heart and your entire body with the experience of positive emotion and magical moments. So those are the three things we're going to get into today. And I'm really excited about this one. (laughs) So that's forgive, forget and flooding in very simple terms. Exactly. So maybe let's uh, go back to this uh, concept of giving freedom versus taking freedom. Uh, Mm. this This is something I hear a lot in the couples work that I do that, you know, one of the partners tends to, I mean, it almost always happens that one has a higher need for independence than the other. I mean, this is just a natural um, incident when two humans get together that they're not going to be exactly on the same level. And the person that has a higher need for freedom and independence generally, generally feels that they have to take it. They have to force that space between each other. And 
that creates one, as I said, a negative energy in the couple. It also creates um, a basis for resentment to build because the other partner who feels like they're being pushed away or being rejected because their partner needs to take space um, starts to over time build resentment. And that's about just sort of flipping this one on its head and saying, well, what if you were just to give that freedom? What if you didn't feel the need to try and have control over every moment that was going on and you gave it as a gift? And this I see can transform couples when they learn to freely give um, space to each other. Suppose what that entails, Kelly, because we've spoke quite a lot about the six human needs, if I'm hearing you correctly there, rather than that need for certainty within that relationship and wanting to control everything, you know, what you're doing, where you're going, who you're seeing, etc., is as you say, is giving that freedom, that space, and and exchanging that certainty for uncertainty i mean would that be a fair parallel to draw i think you're absolutely right on there of course we always can bring these back to the the six human needs and certainly certainty and uncertainty are two very important needs but there's also another need on the part of the person who is being asked to give freedom and space and that's the one of significance and i'll Mm. often hear this that they feel that the their partner when they take space is choosing somebody over them And so their need to feel significant in the relationship and important can sometimes be challenged when they're asked to give space. And it's about recognizing that somebody's need for uncertainty or adventure or a change in some way doesn't need to contradict your need to feel important in the relationship. Mm. Yes, I can see. Yeah, I can see it very clearly how that would uh potentially create a lot of conflict around um i mean just as a general question within your professional um capacity kelly as as um you know a relationship expert would you say um and this is a massive generalization but would you say that people that have been on their own a long time um they kind of really struggle to let go of that freedom that independence or am i being too general there I think you're right to a a large degree that that people do struggle with it and it becomes becomes part of the the dynamic between a couple and and I hear this sometimes you know from from partners who will say I know that I shouldn't feel like this and and they're challenging themselves and they're saying I know that I would want that freedom myself but I'm struggling there's something within me holding me back and they can't quite mm. figure out at that point what it is. And I have to say, when we start discussing the six human needs, as always, it opens up so much more understanding between this mm. conflict for uncertainty and significance. There's also the need for contribution and growth. And you know, sometimes it's somebody's desperate need to want to just sort of break out of their day-to-day and try something completely new and wild, and their other their significant other doesn't want to take part in that. And that becomes really scary for some people. It's like, why all of, you know, we've been together for years. Why suddenly does he or she want to go do something that's completely out of the normal? And they're not able to sort of recognize initially that it is a growth um, need that they have to fulfill. And so I, I see, you know, partners really like, it's almost like 
holding on to that cliff with the, the tip of their fingers, like trying to hold on so tight because of this overwhelming fear of the unknown. Mm, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So giving freedom and don't just take it, which as I say, I can see how that would create potentially quite a, quite a lot of resentment. Um, I mean, do you find as well, Kelly, that people that have been in longer term relationships and how can I put this, may become a bit stale, taking each other for granted. If those goalposts suddenly move, then that confusion, anger, frustration, call it what you will, is magnified even more than, say, a couple setting out on a new relationship or a new path together where they've discussed this kind of, look, you know, these are the, I won't say the rules of the game, that makes it sound quite mechanistic and hard, but, you know, these are the insights that will help us along our way. But I, I can only imagine, and I know you'll you'll um, you'll guide me on this. That as I say, people that are more entrenched. Well, we've always done it this way. You know, are they more reticent to change? You you said a very important word there, and it comes back about discussion. And what I see in long term relationships is that couples assume they know what their partner's thinking, how they're going to react, what to expect, and so they move away from actually having those discussions as you do when you're in a new relationship and you're much more open to saying, look, you know, I feel a bit uncomfortable. Well, what's happening here? What's going on for you? You know, what's important to you? And you're trying to understand. And what I see with couples over time, and especially the ones who are going through relationship challenges is they lose that willingness to try and understand first to, to speak from Stephen Covey, um, you know, seek mm. to understand and then to be mm. understood. And that's such an important premise in relationships. And especially if you've been together 10, 15, 20 years is to still ask those questions and to put down that assumption that, you know, every thought that's going through your partner's head. So I think it's important then, Kelly. I mean, I suppose it's all a question of awareness because you know, to use that well-known saying, we don't know what we don't know. But I can imagine it's very hard to pull that back later rather than initially setting out on that path of, of greater awareness. Is that a fair comment? Or can you sort of learn on the job, to, for want of a better phrase, and, and implement the changes, you know, as you're going along? Absolutely. There's never a time where you're beyond learning and changing and growing and I see such a phenomenal impact in couples when I teach them about the six human needs and they start to become curious again and they start to talk, you know, in the language of, well, I really wonder what need you're trying to meet. And often when we discuss it in the beginning, it becomes sort of a bit of a running joke, you know, like this challenge of, well, what need are you trying to meet? And I want to figure that out. And then over time, I see them opening up their minds and their hearts to really then being curious about each other again. And I always say this, if you ever run out of stuff to talk about, just start from the beginning again, get to know mm -hmm. the, the person you're sharing your life with by asking those questions you would ask on a first date. And it's so fascinating to see how people change over time. And you don't know everything about them, even after spending 50 years together they can still surprise you with what's going on inside internally. So you never stop learning about your partner and you never stop learning new tools and techniques to improve the quality of your relationship. 
I was going to say, Kelly, I mean, let alone learning about somebody outside of us, another person. I mean, if we're open, really, we never stop actually learning about ourselves first, do we? Correct. Definitely. And I mean, just if you reflect on yourself and think about the person you were five years ago and how different you are today because of all those experiences you've had, it seems Mm. very naive to believe that we understand another person at that level. Mm. It's just not possible. So curiosity is so important. I think it's a very, very, very underestimated word, Kelly, curiosity. It's... uh, it opens up so much and just to bring in, you know, just to go back to your point that you mentioned about, you know, my own situation, say five years ago or whatever it was, I'd actually bring that more up to time and say five weeks ago. I'd even say five days ago because that constant evolving of, you know, of that, it's, it's back to that word awareness again of what's really going off here, not what I think's going off and my my kind of, you know, um, ego-driven, conditioned mind, but stepping outside of that and realising and accepting that there is so much more to who we are as, as individuals, as beings, rather than, you know, this, this thing called a mind, this wonderful thing that we all have called a mind. And I call it don't let tail wag dog, because mm. isn't it true that we, you know, the vast majority of us, uh, sometime or other, if not constantly, let the tail wag the dog. In other words, the mind dictates who we think we are. Mm-hmm. You're completely right. And we've all had that experience where we've changed our mind on something that we were so adamant about was correct or was true for us. And if you've ever experienced this, you can go through a situation and you can talk to sort of maybe five or 10 people about this situation and everyone will tell you something similar and you keep pushing it away and pushing it away. And then suddenly somebody says it. It can be oftentimes a stranger or somebody that doesn't know you very well. And they will repeat the same thing you've heard over and over again. And suddenly it clicks and you get it. And then you come back and you tell your partner and you say, oh, today I just, you know, I heard something from somebody um, standing in the lineup uh, getting a coffee. And this made so much sense to me. And now I've changed my opinion. And then your spouse says to you, but I've been telling you that for years. You never listen. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's that point where you never know when that moment can arise that you suddenly switch your thinking on something. And as a partner, you want to be available and actively participating in those shifts in thinking. I mean, it can change your underlying values. Mm, I can really, yeah, definitely understand that. So we've gone from the first point then, um, Kelly, from give freedom, don't take freedom, and then into the forgive, forget the flooding. So what about if we focus on the forgiving element? Because that is a massive area in all our lives, isn't it? It is. And this can be extremely challenging. And there's that old saying, you know, I may forgive you, but I'll never forget. And Mm. I'd like to pick that one apart because... I think that can be very detrimental um, to what goes on in a relationship. But first, let's get into forgiving. And what I said is what you thought happened didn't really happen. And this comes back to perspective. You know, we see the world through our perspective, through our own um, rose-colored glasses or negative um, 
shield in front of us based on our past experience. And it's like if you looked at, say, a car accident, you know, and you have four different witnesses standing on four different angles, everybody will tell a slightly different story because of their perspective and their history. And often what happens in a relationship is that we think we know what happened, but we only maybe know 10% of what happened and 90% of it we've filled in in our own mind. And then we hold somebody accountable and punish them for something that we've actually made up in our own mind. And that's why it's so important when a situation happens is to be able to forgive the other person because you don't really know with 100% certainty the whole story. And it's not fair to hold somebody responsible for something that's actually come out of a story. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it brings in uh, our old friend Tom Tom Peters, the American quality guru, when he uh, coined the phrase, perception is all there is. Because that's, as you said, you know, take the simple example of a pen. Ten people could look look at a pen and say, hmm, is that a quality pen? And we'd come up with ten different answers, maybe. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Maybe. If, buts, wise, wherefores. And that's, I suppose that's one of the joys uh, Kelly, isn't it, of, of human nature? I mean, it can be very frustrating as well when there's strong misalignments, but it's also one of the the joys of, dis, you know, going on that voyage of discovery, isn't it, to, okay, so I think it's a good pen. Kelly doesn't think it's a good pen. Let's, let, let's you know, let's examine around this this simple thing. I don't know if actually a, a subject about a pen is a good topic, but <laughs> I'm sure you get the point. Yeah, and if we go back to the discipline of positive intent, which I always say, you know, if something's going wrong in a relationship, that's the the go-to discipline. If you believe that your partner is a good person and they're doing things out of a place of positive intent, then it makes absolute sense that when they tell you, you know, I didn't call because of X, Y, or Z, or I was late because of this, that you refer to that and know that they didn't do something to hurt you and you then accept their truth and forgive mm. them for, you know, whatever. I mean, naturally, we will hurt people in a relationship. That's just the nature of the game. But you need to be able to forgive it. And then, as I said, the next one, which is about learning to let it go. And I always say it's, you know, the proverbial buried, burying the hatchet. And a lot of people will bury that hatchet. And then at the very next conflict, they will go dig it up and smack the other person over the head with it. (laughs) And that's not what forgetting is about. Forgetting is about really saying, you know, we're going to let that one lie. You draw a line in the sand, you cross over it and you never go back. And holding grudges and digging up the past and bringing up mistakes that have been made from the past into the present and projecting them into the future gets couples into a lot of trouble with each other. And so I really, really strongly encourage people to learn to really let something go, to say we've discussed it and to put it down and not to use it as a weapon. Mm. I can remember having a conversation, and in fact, there's an earlier podcast um, with, with Jim Britt, um, who was actually Tony Robbins' mentor for five years. 
around um I, I forget the you know it was some time ago now kelly i forget the exact sort of context but i got round to uh, or we got round to talking around the three most important words in the world um you know it was it was i think the thread at the time was around love and that um those three immortal words i love you and jim um being the wise old sage that he is pointed out to me, but Paul, they're not the three most important words in the world. The three most important words in the world are let it go. Mm -hmm. And that was, but is it that easy, Kelly? Because there's a, we can do that, can't we, on a kind of mental, okay, you know, kiss and make up and everything's fine until the next day. And as you've quite rightly said, right, where's that, where's that hatchet that I've, I've buried? Where is it? Let me go and find it again because I don't know, something's kicked off again. Um, so on a mental, it's, it's beyond a mental level, isn't it, that we have to learn to let it go. I always say to people, so much of becoming a adult is learning to control and manage your own emotions and actions and behaviors and when i work with clients i take them through a whole process of learning to do this from your underlying beliefs to the thoughts that are created the stories we tell ourselves how that creates um, emotions in our bodies and then how we cope with that going on the outside and this is exactly an example of this of learning to be conscious and to make a choice because our emotions will hijack us in these situations. But if mm -hmm. we've gone through the process with ourselves, irregardless of who else is involved in the situation, but with ourselves, and we've made a pact with ourselves to make those difficult choices. And that's why this whole series is called discipline. Discipline is not easy. Discipline means doing things in the moment where you don't feel that that's what you want to do but it's the mm -hmm. discipline of choosing to say, okay, emotionally, I feel like I want to go find that hatchet and dig it up and use it as a weapon, but it's about being disciplined and choosing to say, no, I've buried that hatchet. I'm going to leave it. And I'm going to regulate my own nervous system right now so that I don't go and create damage in this relationship because I really value this relationship and I love my partner. Mm. One of the things um, that I discussed was, with Jim was around the way that the body has. So we've got this kind of superficial mental level. Okay, yeah, we'll forget it because this is our pattern and, and until it raises its head. And obviously that's superficial and doesn't work. So what does work? One of the things that we discussed, Kelly, was these things called neuropeptides, these they send uh, signals through our body, you know, to these various all over the place. And it's these signals was described like a, a radio frequency. And so, you know, if we tune into a, a certain frequency called, I don't know, positive FM, for example, um, you know, and tell us, and as you said earlier on, it's about that, the story we tell ourselves, the words, the language, the intent, you know, to, to reinforce your point. And sooner or later, our our DJ will get used to playing that kind of music. So when we do that metaphoric music and that, you know, send out those vibes. So when the, that situation does potentially present again, there's no need to go looking for the hatchet, is there? Because it's like, well, we're listening to a different sound now. Whatever that was, you know, that type of music was hatchet music. 
this is not hatchet music anymore. And I think that's a very useful insight for certainly I found to to understand that, you know, there are things within our body, frequencies, neuropeptides, um, all, all tied into the emotions, as you said, Kelly, that once we reframe them and reprogram that and set the dial to a different frequency, we're going to hear a different tune completely. Absolutely. And that's such a beautiful segue into the third aspect of this, which is called flooding. Um, just before I touch on that, though, I want to share with the listeners um, a tool that I use with clients, which I find is incredibly powerful. And I get my clients to make contracts with themselves. And I find this is such a great way to overcome a negative behavior. And one of those behaviors can be negative thinking. It can be making poor choices in a situation. And I get them to write out, you know, like I and state your name and today's date. And I make a pact with myself that from this day forward, I am going to break my pattern of negative thinking or I'm going to break my pattern of picking up a buried hatchet and using it as a weapon. And I get them to sign it. And it's such a simple little tool, but I get unbelievable feedback from people saying, you know, just going through that ritual of doing that completely shifted my thinking. And since then I've just become aware of it and I'm realizing how I can change, as you said, the station and I'm moving further and further away from the negative thinking I had um, to more positive thinking. And that's mm. also where flooding comes in because flooding is another technique about filling yourself with really magical moments. And anybody can use this technique um, in the moment. So when you're experiencing something that's really joyful, it's about taking just a few moments to really um, integrate that into your body. You know, like if you're looking at a beautiful sunset or you're having, you know, a fun day with your family or your spouse or whatever, just take a few moments to sort of integrate that into your, the cells of your body. And then, if you're having a challenging time, it could be in the middle of an argument and you just say, just give me a moment and you close your eyes and you go and you feel into your heart and you do this by breathing really deeply into your body and you'll start to feel the beat of your heart. And as you breathe deeper, what you start to do is you start to then move into a feeling of gratitude. So being grateful for all the wonderful things in your life. And then as you continue to deep breathe, you can bring back these moments from the past into the present. So you can reach out and literally grab that moment sitting in front of that sunset and pull it into your heart. And you can grab that, you know, day with the family at the beach and pull it into your heart. And this is what flooding is all about. It's then really sinking yourself into all this positivity that you've had um, with this person in the past. Um, it doesn't even have to be specifically with them. It can just be generally positive moments. But when you start to bring those feelings, it shifts, as you said, your whole neurochemical um, balance within your body, and it will positively influence the choices you're able to make in that moment. So I suppose, listeners, it's about um, understanding or having that awareness to use that word, that vital word in all our lives yet again around, you know, things that, 
You know, we throw cliches around. Oh, you know, I think Kelly alluded to this in this conversation. I can forgive, but I can't forget. And that conditioning that we, um, you know, sometime or other, we're all we're all subject to. But having that awareness to say, actually, it goes a lot deeper than that. And embrace that journey of discovery in, in a real positive way, you know, and not, you know, yes, it can, you know, progress can be challenging and discipline, as Kelly alluded to, is um, often awkward. Um, but the rewards of going beyond that obvious well, that obvious conditioning that uh, it's certainly, certainly a price worth paying in my humble opinion. Would you agree with that, Kelly? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Just something that came up to my mind there regarding forgiveness. And um, I heard this years ago and it, it's never left my mind that forgiveness, we want to hold on to anger towards somebody who's done something that's hurt us because we think we're punishing them. But actually forgiveness is all about ourselves and not about the other person. And the statement was um, not forgiving somebody is like drinking rat poison and expecting the other person to die. And it's so mm-hmm. much, it, we incorporate all that negativity and anger and hatred into our bodies and our feelings. And the other person isn't even aware of it. And so learning to forgive is so much about giving yourself freedom from that memory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wow, what a price, priceless insight that is. Because we do, don't we? We, you know, we, it's that revenge. And it's never going to happen to me again. And I'll make sure I'm going to hold on to this. Nobody's ever going to do that to me again. And, you know, I mean, I can speak from it. I did that for decades over a certain situation until I learned to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, um yeah. Okay, um, Kelly, how do people reach out to you, find out more about you, get in touch with you? What's your contact details? Um, well, they can visit my website. It's uh, kellybrandley.com. And that's spelled K-E-L-L-Y-B-R-A-N-D-L-I. And if you visit kellybrandley.com forward slash mastering the game of life, written all together, I have a free download there where they can get an overview of all the 10 disciplines of love so they can follow along with the past episodes and the ones that are to come superb so thank you very much but before we sign off i just want to invite you to leave us with one kind of powerful statement um anything insight call it what you will along this um this particular discipline that we've spoke about of giving freedom i think as i just touched on giving freedom to your partner is a great gift for them but learning to forgive is the ultimate freedom for yourself. And on that forgiving note, Kelly, we sign off. Listeners, hope you've enjoyed that. I'm, you know, I'm sure there's some great insights. Well, I know there's some great insights. Um, I'm sure it'll be a benefit because we do get that feedback to say that uh, you know the, these these podcast episodes generally are are worth the waiting gold in in everyday aspects of of life and that's really what this is about it's about sharing these insight, insights and experiences from um not necessarily always experts like Kelly but you know a wide variety of people of guests you know you you've heard many podcasts now so i just sign off at this point by saying remember mastering the game of life starts by embracing 
our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have. He'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. 